MX Football Pod. Uh, I'm Alex Alvarado. Caleb's over there. No Justin this week. That sucks because he's out playing shoot hoops. Uh, Caleb, I do I do want to ask you something that's like super duper super off topic. I saw something at the gym and I just wanted I want to ask you if uh, if what I saw at the gym was a pre workout or a post workout. Okay. I was throwing away like I don't know I had like a Lara bar on the way to the gym. I threw it away and I looked in the trash can and I saw a crushed can of Mike's hard lemonade, like hard, like a cherry flavored thing. And I need to ask you, was that a post-workout or a pre-workout? Neither. The answer is they were crushing a Mike's hard lemonade during their workout. <laughs> okay. Follow-up question. How many miles did they get on the bike? Oh, they couldn't have gone over a mile if they're eating something with that much like garbage in it. Also, I will say, I credit, I tell a lot of people, I credit like 10 to 15 pounds on my current frame to Mike's Hard Lemonade just from junior year of college. <laughs> there, everybody goes through a Mike's Hard phase. It might be a week, it might be a month, it might be like two hours, but everybody does go through a Mike's Hard phase at least once. Right. And even if you're, right. if you're like listening to this and you're like, uh, I've never done that, that's just because you haven't hit it yet. It will get there. Trust sure. me. Yeah, I see. That's going to happen. Oh, man. Okay. So that person was drinking Mike's Hard during the gym. I should probably be following up so I can be in prime shape for my wedding, uh, which uh, I'm excited to see you at the reception for next month and Justin. But Justin's not here, so we don't have to we don't have to say nice things about him. Yeah, I never do. Never a nice thing. Uh, never a nice thing. Uh, note in potpourri. Uh, Joe Burrow Day. Uh, that was not the same day as the Super Bowl, and I'm sorry to say that. Caleb, how did you take your uh, your Super Bowl experience for you know watching your essentially your childhood team make it to the stage that I don't know. Did, I don't think you ever thought that you were going to see them there. I definitely didn't think it was going to happen that quick. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I, I kind of I kind of made this sentiment clear that it was kind of just the the experience of getting there and just having this run has been really it's been really fun in general and wasn't going to be super sad regardless it still was painful man like they were winning with less than two minutes left like that, that is still very much like pain mm-hmm. to my to my core but like holy hell and then those makeup calls at the end to help give uh, cooper cup that one touchdown you know, I'm, I'm, I, I refuse to be the person complaining about the officiating in the game. I just, I won't, I won't be that person. Like even, if, like I, is it, I look is at it the, because you got away with one early? So, sort of, but I, I uh, more than the longer I am involved in sports fandom, the more I refuse to be like this is the officiating's fault or, um, like I will acknowledge like when the officiating is bad. Like I think they were bad at times, but the Super Bowl was very well officiated like until late in the game and like with the exception of the face mask call obviously it was a huge play but like i missed it in the moment i'm not surprised that the officials missed it to be completely honest with you the face mask on i don't Higgins. know i i kind of am like i should be caught off guard because i'm only looking at it through an untrained eye i'm totally not sober i'm watching it from thousands of feet away and like a totally <laughs> different state like yeah i should not see that like in in real time at first but those referees are trained like they should catch that stuff like that was right in front of their face and it was in front of Jalen Ramsey's face 
uh, wasn't exactly like slight on, either. No, it was on Jalen Ramsey's face. Yeah, it wasn't exactly slight. Like that's something that like, come on, like those refs have a much better vantage point than us. But you know, I digress. Like that doesn't have too much to do with us. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to get your feel for it, and I am I'm happy that you still got to experience that because I would love to watch the Lions lose in the Super Bowl. That yeah, isn't a video yeah. game. <laughs> let me let me tell you the experience of uh, what that night looked like. So. The, I think any football fan will appreciate what happened <laughs> in my experience at the bar. Went there by myself. There are only like four jerseys in the bar. Me wearing my AJ Green jersey on top with a Joe Burrow jersey beneath it. Uh, a person wearing a Jalen Ramsey jersey. Someone wearing a Justin Fields jersey. And someone wearing a Matthew Stafford Lions jersey. Okay. And Normal group text? Yeah. And this is the, the, the group text. That's that's how the good descriptor of what that looked like. And I saw the, the I was I very quickly you know got into the beers and the bartender was like basically putting Miller lights in front of me to like an unstoppable degree. Like I couldn't even stop him from putting them in front of me. He wasn't even asking at one point. He was just putting them there. I'm like, what what what? what? Am I still paying for these? Um, <laughs> turns out at the end of the night I was not paying for as many of them as he put in front of me. Nice. Uh, yeah. And I seen the guy in the Rams in the Rams jersey. I like this. My attitude towards this entire run has been that of just this is exciting, and I just I just have these feel this feeling of goodwill that has come from this Bengals run. So I told the bartender, I'm like, whatever the guy in the the Ramsey jersey wants next is on me. Um, I'm like, you don't have to tell him. Just just get him something on me. And I think the bartender still told him because the guy in the Ram- in the Ramsey jersey comes up to me and just starts starts chatting my ear off and thanking me and uh we start we get to talking i find out like we talked on and on throughout the throughout the night just you know just good natured like ribbing each other and just having fun with it and turns out he had coached football and track in the conference that i currently coach in no shit and yeah he played indoor uh indoor professional football so not like arena not like Mm -hmm. arena football league but a lower level of that he went to college about 45 minutes from where I used to live in Iowa. And so we had like that in common talking about that college. He was like, you know where that is? And I'm like, yeah, I sure do. He's like, that place wow. is helpful. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, it kind of is, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> and just like bonding over that whole experience. And when the game's over, like people are coming up to me and consoling me and like, they almost had it. And the Stafford fan came up to me and like, I'm so sorry, but I really wanted Stafford to win. I'm an Alliance fan my whole life. And <laughs> And I'm just like, I, I have no issues with the way that went. Like, it hurts. It's fine. I'm just grateful it's happened. Like, there are some people who are going to be salty about, like, or like the, the, the management of the running backs that the Bengals, uh, how Zach Taylor managed the running backs in the game. I get it. Some people were salty about the officiating. I get it, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to partake in that bullshit. And other than that, I mean, I, like, whatever, like the dominant defensive line, the longtime court deserving quarterback, the, uh, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL and a team that is better coached, honestly. Yeah. Got, got there and, and won it. Like, I'm not going to complain. I just, I, I refuse to be the person who's complaining on social media about what, how the game went down. And yeah. I, it, it's all a very positive, memorable experience. What this run did and how people reacted to it and like how, and gen, like generally how people reacted to it and the type of goodwill that was built up um, around Joe Burrow and Cincinnati fans and Southeast and Southern Ohio and 
how people react. Like I, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans outwardly rooting for the Bengals to win the Super Bowl because of the goodwill that had been built up in the last couple of years with that team. Yeah, there's just like two things that like I noticed out of the Super Bowl that I just don't really care for. I just don't have patience for. Like one, and this isn't a new one. Like everyone expects the Super Bowl has to be like from the game itself to the commercials to the halftime show. It all has to be like super awesome and super great and super whatever. And in the end of it, people are going to be like, oh, that sucked. Oh, that was amazing. And, like, I'm always just, like, squarely in the middle. Like, I, it was all fine. It was just fine. Um, but this year, it actually just, like, really was as okay of a Super Bowl from top to bottom as I remember uh, from the commercials to the game to the Super Bowl halftime show, even if it had music that I actually really enjoyed this time. Uh, the second thing that, like, I found out that I don't have too much patience for or too much care for is the whole... And I wish Justin were here so we could have this conversation in length. Uh, is the whole Stafford winning it for the for the for the Rams, and not with the Lions and all these like people trying to be like Detroit Rams and pointing out, hey, did you know that Detroit was the second most Super Bowl viewing market in the nation during the Super Bowl? Did you know that? Did you know that? Yeah, we yeah, you know whatever. Um, the, the whole. Detroit players going somewhere else and then winning a title. That's not new. <laughs> I get that. Like the lions are kind of unique where we had like Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders just leave through the team uh, and not further their careers anywhere else. But yeah, Detroit players that are really good and end up leaving that win title somewhere else. That's nothing new. This city is used to like, that's we're, we're, yeah, we're used to that. Like, that that should have happened. So I don't really care that Stafford won a ring. He should have. Like, the world told you the world told you that was going to happen when the trade happened <laughs> to get him uh, to L.A. and get Jared Goff to Detroit. So it's just, you know, that was all meant to be. That was in the stars. That was all in the stars. I, uh... If the if the Bengals, you know, go. I mean, it's so freaking hard to make the Super Bowl in back to back years, or to even like win the win a conference championship in back to back years. The fact, well, obviously that's the same thing. So whatever. But if the Bengals get back and like get to the AFC Championship game next year and they lose, it's like, well, did they try in the offseason to better the team at the spots they needed to? And if they did, okay. Next year will probably be more frustrating in some way if they do make a run, not because they lose earlier, say they lose in the divisional round or the AFC championship or whatever. If they lose, it'll probably be because of something that they've actually flubbed up in a big way that they could have avoided. So mm-hmm. I, I look forward to being more frustrated because the Bengals should be in that position in the future. <laughs> so, I mean, look, look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs went out and retooled their offensive line because they felt they had to. And... You know, they struggled early in the season with the defense, and then they fixed everything. They looked every bit of a repeat getting back to the Super Bowl team. They were up 18 points at home in the AFC Championship game and lost. That's more frustrating if you're a Chiefs fan than uh, getting – I think that's more frustrating than getting the Super Bowl and losing again just because you were at home. Like, you were, <laughs> you should have been there, and you just fell apart. But it's just – it's so hard to get – to the Super Bowl over and over, regardless of how good you are? I think, uh, like, as you watch the playoffs, you should just, like, pick a different game and, like, in the moment, 
if it's good enough, you say, no, that's the Super Bowl right there. So, like, Chiefs-Bills, when that was going on, I know if, like, if you listen back, I, I wasn't listening to it or watching the game in real time. Uh, but I know it was exciting as all hell, and there were so many, like, late scores and all that. Now that right there was the Super Bowl. I don't care what happens after that. That was the Super Bowl. That was the, the game between the two best-playing teams in the NFL. So, However, no, it was not. <laughs> because they lost. They both lost. Losers. 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 All right. Losers. Uh, I, let's move on to Maction. Let's move Thank on to real stuff. Uh, the Toledo Blade wrote a story. Uh, Dave Briggs wrote it. Toledo Blade. They published it. They paid him to write it. Um, great. Great for them. Not the owners. Good for the writers. Yes. Always great for the writers. <laughs> Not so much the owners. Especially of the Toledo Blade. Fuck them. Uh, the Mac, they made changes to its A-Tame conference scheduling. Um, <laughs> Briggs, in his column, he pointed out, uh, Hey, Toledo, Miami, you guys haven't played each other in... 2011? That's over 10 years ago. <laughs> That's such a long time ago. And, like, Seriously. this isn't, like, something that, like, we didn't already kind of know. It's just, like, now that it's in real time, we can say it out loud. Like, hey, it really has been a long time since you guys played each other. Uh, that's yeah. because they have, like, you know, the, the slate of the um, – it's divisional games, right? It's five games against the West. And then it's always ha- always has to play Bowling Green out of the East – and so the rotations for the other two crossover games uh, just ki- just gets kind of slow. And every once in a while, the Mac wanted to throw Toledo blade and a blade, throw Toledo a bone and say, "Hey, you play Akron. <laughs> Keep playing Akron, please, so we can just give you more wins because we need you to be good." And for whatever reason, you know Toledo, they just never got that. Blah blah blah. Um, but still, aside from Toledo not winning his championships, looking at the schedule itself. This is not really good for the experience of the you know the college players that play or the fans that get to watch it and want to know more about the conference and want to kind of like visit more stadiums etc cetera, etc cetera. you know Toledo Miami they haven't played each other in a while we can keep going on and on about like how long it's been since like X school has played other X school and you know these rotations should just be like more hurried up more add more excitement to the game and you also will notice in this column that. Uh, they don't talk about wanting to remove divisions. So they do want to keep divisions a thing. They do want to keep regionally grouped schools like the Michigan Max with Toledo uh, and NIU, right, and some of the East teams together still. They still want to keep them together, but they need to, like, change up the excitement of, like, how and when games are played against who and one another. So uh, a few bullet points right here. Schools can pick one Saturday, home or away, that is going to pick as a Saturday that it's not going to be changed out of that. So they might want to pick like a homecoming game. They might want to pick a specific rivalry weekend, whatever. That's going to be a Saturday game. Maction, please don't touch this. Schools can play uh, no more than two straight road games. So no three in a row road games. Uh, I feel like they've done that to like Ohio. I'm sure they've done that to Akron before. Teams that nobody cares about, right? Sure. Schools can play. This is the Mac. Nobody cares about the Mac. Uh, schools can play no more than two home games in November and can't be on consecutive Thanksgiving weekends, which is great. That's really good. Like, if I only had five home games because I wanted to, like, load up on, like, seven road games and have, like, three non-con road games and one FCS home game, right? Uh, you can't have your two home games be 
weeks, what are they, like 12 and 13 on the schedule at home? Fuck that. Oh, that'd be so bad. Um, schools can only have two short weeks created by midweek matching. Uh, only a five-day turnaround game. If there's a game, so you play on Saturday, next week you play on Thursday. Both teams that are uh, playing that Thursday game are both going to be on that five-day turnaround. So everyone's on equal footing there. Uh, and the best part, schools now must play every MAC team at least once every four years or three times every eight years. So that, that, that last bit about the three times every eight years is interesting because you're basically like, all right, well, even if it's a team that you don't typically play every other year, you're going to have to at some point in that time play each other back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams are, at least. They're going to schedule a home and away, I would think, um, to make sure they get in to three and eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like especially like with the team like Toledo where like you already have like some like protected crossover matchups with Toledo, Bowling Green. Uh, what are some other fake crossover rivalries that we can think of right now? Uh, oh, the Ontario Sandwich Trophy. Uh, Eastern and Buffalo, if they wanted to lock that up. God, what a throwback. What percentage of our listeners do you think uh, knows what the Ontario Sandwich is a reference to? Uh, our listeners? Yes. Um, probably a not insignificant amount, but outside of our listeners, I'd say almost nobody. Man, if you're a new listener and you don't know what that is, we welcome you with open arms. Uh, but yeah, I do love that last bit. That's probably like the one that should get the most traction. I don't know if this news is like, you know, made its way across the internet like that uh, in the Mac internet landscapes. Too many highways in that in that regard. But uh, those are pretty cool changes for, you know, the conference scheduling because I mean, like they said, like they opened up with, like the whole piece is centered around. It's been more than ten years since Toledo and Miami played each other, and. You know, I noticed that was a problem when I was in school. It wasn't unobvious at all that, like, you just, in your lifetime, if you're a student going to Eastern, if you're a student going to Ohio, if you're a student going to Bowling Green, you're not going to see all, you know, the 11 other MAC schools, you know, in your four or five years on campus as a fan or as as an athlete. And it's just more engaging to have, you know, all the teams play each other more often. Or have like some balance within the conference. Well, what I what I think about when I think about teams not playing each other is, this is not a significant thing, but it just kind of interests me. Is that someone's going to ask these players, "Oh, what was it like when you guys played Miami?" They're like, uh, well, we never played Miami. We yeah. never went there. They never came here. Uh, we only saw film. Like the only time we ever saw them was film of. But only because we were like scouting another scouting, team that they were right. playing because we right. had Buffalo on the schedule. Like, ultimately, not a big deal. Uh, but I, I just find that funny that you could play in a conference and never see that team because I know that's just kind of a byproduct somewhat of there being divisions, but I like that they're, that this is becoming a pointed, uh, a, a pointed decision that they're actually saying, hey, you guys, we, we do need to play each other. Like, everybody mm-hmm. needs to see each other. Like, aren't we a fucking conference or are we not? Like, exactly. <laughs> it, it defeats the purpose of being a conference, which is – a group of schools that are supposed to be together and they're not so yeah bring them together uh they shared a few i don't know if these are going to be for shizzle what'll be the case um but the three east teams that toledo faces in let's see 
This year's going to be 22. So this year, Bowling Green at Buffalo, home against Kent State. 23, change out Kent State. It's going to be at Miami. Uh, Bowling Green, Buffalo, Ohio in 24. Bowling Green, Akron, Kent in 25. Bowling Green, Kent, Miami in 26. And Bowling Green, Buffalo, Miami in 27. I don't know what this is going to look like for all the other MAC teams. TBD, but yeah, just so you know, that is a uh, that is a small change that uh, the MAC did to improve scheduling without saying, "Oh, we got to ditch everything and go straight to pods," which I would have been in. You know, I'm in favor for. Don't get me wrong, but I do like this change as long as they're like the MAC is doing something to. I don't know improve like the uh the excitement around here in the wake of not adding two more teams to the conference which a lot of people did want uh you know the mac had to do something different and this is different it's like the most like small moves like big change the mac could have done and i'm really really just proud of them for getting this done <laughs> and i had Wait, no i had no expectation for them to like make these changes this year either but these you were know, conversations that people nationally sorry to keep cutting you off, but these were conversations people did keep having, especially like in the SEC in the wake of them adding like Oklahoma and Texas and perhaps maybe I don't know who's to say going to the pod style once that time comes around so all the SEC teams can start seeing each other more often because that's what the SEC schools want to do. That's what the fans want to do. They want to see more of each other, just like up in the Mac. Mac is going to gain some goodwill from people like us just for doing this. <laughs> like ultimately no one's going to recount this in a couple of years and be like, wow, you remember, thank God the Mac did this. There might be like a couple dozen people who are thinking that, but for people like us, there's like some goodwill that comes from it. We're like, Hey, you're doing the right thing. It's a reminder that we don't have to shit on them all the time. Even if it's fun. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two more things that we got to hit on really quickly. Uh, one of them is really Mac related. We don't have to talk too much about it because I don't expect you to know too much about Brian Blair, Toledo's new athletic director, who's going to be taking over in the beginning of May. Uh, but I do want you to know that Toledo did hire an athletic director. His name is Brian Blair, uh, 37 young guy. So uh, not some old fuddy duddy that's kind of out of touch with the changing landscape of the world. I don't know where to start and end with that. So I'm just going to say it like that. Uh, and he came from Washington State. He was the deputy athletic director and chief operating officer over there. Um, he was also at, I don't know, he worked in the NCAA offices for a little bit, and he was at a different school as well. Like, Oh, I think it's Vanderbilt. Nope, it's not Vanderbilt. Uh, I'll, I'll, once it comes to me, I'll tell you. But uh, he was Ooh. alongside Pat Chun, the athletic director at Washington State, when they hired Nick Rolovich. <gasps> <laughs> Buzzword, <gasps> I can't like this hire. But you got to remember that Washington State, even with like the Nick Rolovich thing going on, yeah, that guy individually fucked himself over out of the job, and he's not in college athletics as far as I know right now still. Um, but Washington State was able to keep a good football team on yeah, the field, and, and, and they were the able to thing. hire from within a, a good coach. I think it's Jake Dicker, that's his name, but um, – I mean, there are other things to like about Washington State that don't have to start or end with Nick Rolovich. So, I don't know. I mean, there's something to be said about that. And maybe Brian Blair has 
something of everything that happened from the Nick Rolovich, you know, that whole saga, right? All the good lessons learned that can be applied from Washington State, maybe they can translate to Toledo, where if you look around Jason Candle, there's some pretty good coaches there. There's a good roster of guys that maybe could take over uh, one day if, you know, if they get Candle out, if he takes up a new job somewhere else, if they have to fire him or if he quits. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, if Toledo eventually wants to go down the route of hiring from within post-Candle, just like they did post-Campbell, maybe they could, maybe they'll be well-suited to do that. Maybe they'll be well-suited to pull that off this year. Or next year. I am I, looking a little bit more at Blair's background. It seems like he has a really unique entryway into like athletics. Um, looking because he he was like a compliance officer with like South Carolina, working with Don Staley, who is one of the more revered women's basketball coaches in the country. And you know he was doing that. He was a, a defensive lineman of the year at Wofford College. So you know he's played Division One football. He uh, has a law degree from South Carolina. He, he, you know, he worked at Rice. So, I mean, I mean, if, at, the, at the risk of stereotyping, people who work at Rice and go to school at Rice generally are pretty intelligent and have a, a pretty good background. Uh, and then to go to Washington State, where things are largely, I would say, the athletics are probably in a much better state, maybe now compared to, what, even 10 years ago or so? Yeah, I'd agree. Just like in the big sports, obviously, like Washington State, like basketball hasn't been particularly great. They were good when Clay Thompson was there, and that was a yeah, <laughs> that was more productive. Tony Bennett, but it, that's a very unique place for yeah everything college sports. Yeah, them in like Oregon State, like up up there in the Northwest, where it's like if you get the if you get something wrong up there, you're gonna struggle for a while. <laughs> Look at Washington. Washington's the revered program up there. Them in Oregon, and Washington can't even freaking recruit for football right now. God, Washington just is so identityless. Like it's so. Uh, it sucks. I like the coach that they have too. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Toledo finally is starting to get things figured out there. How that's gonna work out long term, TBD. But it, it's on the surface level, it's a little exciting. Younger than most head coaches right now. Yeah, he is. Uh, last thing I want to hit on really quickly, uh, and it's a point, you know, we all saw this coming, of course, because we've only said this so many times, is that the four-team playoff is what we're going to be stuck with until 2026 comes through. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there were just, like, so many things that had to change in lockstep with hundreds of people being on board for anything when it comes to canceling out TV contracts and having guaranteed teams in the playoff, the guaranteed number of teams in a playoff, a guaranteed number of games that a player is going to have on his body throughout the season. Uh, Yeah, that's something that we can all agree on, and that's why we're absolutely going to jump to 12 teams. Uh, Nope, we're stuck for four. We're stuck with four because nobody could get along. Nobody could agree on literally anything behind closed doors. Um, so yeah, congrats to the SEC. Just just wanted to say that. Congrats to getting Oklahoma. I don't know why you got Oklahoma. I don't know why Oklahoma wanted to be part of the SEC, but there you are. Uh, you also got Texas, who will be forever four and eight, and five and seven. And the SEC teams will ever, forever have a better argument of saying, "Look, we just lost to better schools. Put us in the bowls." 
put us in over the nine and three programs. Put six and six South Carolina over, I don't know, eight and four Coastal Carolina in the, I don't know, Alamo Bowl. I don't know. But yeah, no expanded playoff for you. No soup for you. None for you. No soup. Uh, Caleb, do you care that it's stuck at four though? Do you do you honestly care? Mm. No, because I'm not invested in the upper echelon of college football. This it's a fun deba- it's a fun topic to debate and discuss, and sometimes, but I don't like to get particularly heated about it. I mean, I know like there were times where you and I talked about the like unfairness of the system at the top and who's able to access and who is it. And then Cincinnati was able to squeak through this year, kind of due to a few teams losing right in front of them. So like you could get fired up with like the, whatever the injustice of it and the, how it's not fair, but I don't particularly care. I, I think it would be more fun to have a bigger system. While I also understand that some people have the, the mindset of, well, do we need to reward the teams who aren't among the best in the country or whatever? So I think it'd be more fun. I just think it'd be a more enjoyable thing to see. So when it happens, I'll be happy, but not particularly invested in it emotionally at the moment. I just don't think there's like enough room to have nuance in it, which is kind of taking the steam out of conversations in the first place. Like, it's like, oh, are they going to move to it? Well, I mean, we're, we're not talking about fairness. We're not talking about who deserves it. And we're only talking about TV contracts. Damn. So what room does is the conversation for literally anybody else? If like a million and a half people, and it's probably not going to be it, if a million and a half people say um, 12 teams and eight automatic qualifiers, all it takes is one person with one vested interest to just be the holdup of everybody else and say, well, I think the TV contract should expire first and then we should have these conversations. That's all it takes. So, like, at that point, there is no there is no right, there is no wrong, there is no nuance, there is no fun to be had, you know, on the side of conversation. It's just wait and see for the rich assholes to be rich assholes about this. And I shouldn't say it like that, but it, once everybody in simpler terms, out, it kind of is. Once they figure out how everybody's going to make more money off of it, or, like, the people with, with the most influence are going to make the most money off of it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all, that, that's all that really has to happen here. As soon as some, as soon as the people with the vested interest in driving it, driving the a bigger pool of teams for a championship into you know TV parlaying it into the TV contracts and getting it all to work out, as soon as they know they can make a lot more money off of it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the SEC they get a bigger, better conference to stuff, you know, maybe a third team in the fourteen playoff one of these days. Who knows? And <laughs> you aren't really a good team if you don't play in the S- in the twenty five team Super League SEC, <laughs> or in the I don't know thirty something team uh, alliance of the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac twelve, which can only go down with the ACC and the Pac twelve, and the Pac twelve and the ACC can only go up with the Big Ten. Uh, so those two conferences, those are your winners of the fourteen playoff. Uh, and one of these days, we're gonna get like Michigan, Ohio State. Alabama, Georgia, all in the playoff. If Ohio State wouldn't wouldn't have lost to Oregon, who's to say? Who's to say what would have happened? Uh, Caleb, before we split, can you give me an Illinois prep sports update on what is going on near you? 
it's a uh, postseason basketball and a lot of other postseason stuff and been kind of running around covering basketball games doing some writing here and there and uh, nothing too exciting i covered the city championship for high school boys and girls basketball it was held at uic's basketball arena that was fun nice and uh yeah uic's moving conferences which is one of the more uh played out topics on twitter recently because they were going to ban them from the postseason due to like the rules within the conference which there is actually more nuance about than everybody tended to treat it with but ultimately the athletes were the ones getting fucked over and the conference was like this is bad publicity for us we're just gonna let them play in the postseason <laughs> so which is funny in the end that's what it came down to it was like we're gonna stand by to our, by to our rules these are the rules everybody agreed to you leave the conference without x amount of time notice to allow for scheduling and scheduling changes and all that you will get hit with a postseason ban like that's going to happen and usc's like tried to play dumb and be like we didn't know this was going to happen and like you did who could have done such a thing yeah somebody somebody absolutely knew or i saw this on twitter like the the idea of if you get out there with your with your version of, of the events and get that pr spin out there quickly it will take off um as how media drives the conversation on things in sports like if you get your shit out there like just be like we we had no idea this was gonna happen like people flew with it i was like right up there with them too i'm like this is bullshit how can they do that to you i see <laughs> and then i think it was uh oh god was it um it was somebody from from one of the indiana papers i want to say greg doyle uh it was one of the good writers over there. I think it was yeah. Doyle, but I'm not one yeah, of the sure top of my head. Um, who wrote basically about the context that was missing from these conversations that was basically like UIC was the one who suggested that there be a postseason ban for teams that didn't give X amount of notice before leaving the conference. Uh, <laughs> it's like, of course they fucking knew. They were just, they, they had to get their spin out there. So forget the Illinois prep up update. Like just even talking about UIC made me think of that. That's the more fun aspect of it. Um, anyway as far as high school sports go shout out to whitney young high school uh home to many very very good college basketball players and professional athletes they won the girls and boys city championship in front of a couple thousand fans a few weekends ago both good games both close games hell of a lot of fun and uh it's there aren't a lot of places in the country that can do something like that have like a big city championship game that's like a huge deal across the city that everybody wants to that folks want to go to um the mayor was there uh Lori lightfoot was there like doing like a ceremony for one of the historic girls basketball coaches um a woman by the name of dorothy gators was honored for her career coaching at chicago marshall high school um which if anybody's ever heard of chicago marshall kathy poindexter went there uh several WNBA players went to chicago marshall high school this woman won over 1100 career basketball games holy fucking Eight. shit yeah eight state championships and uh 20 i believe it was 24 city titles in her 41 42 years of coaching chicago marshall is her middle name yukon i mean she sent players to yukon i'm pretty sure too so uh i know she sent players to, like tennessee and such so it was always like some of the best players at chicago came out of chicago marshall high school so yeah very interesting unique aspect bits and uh and hoops obviously and the UIC thing was just the, the start of <laughs> how crazy things have been weird and uh, the, the, con the conference realignment bullshit that's been going on recently, too, because 
there has been a lot of movement in the mid-major conferences lately, which could affect the Mac in coming years. But um, you know, but uh, but you know, we didn't get Western Kentucky to the Mac, so it's all bullshit anyway. Are people still mad about that? Do you think? Do you think they like forgot that they're mad? I'm not mad. I just no. I, I know I, you're not. I know, like I know where you. I and wanted I stand. it to happen. I wanted it to happen. I thought it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And boom goes the dynamite. 